Welcome in for mile 63 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast presented by Run In. Travis here, and we're excited to start a series of episodes on workouts we love as a way to bring you new ideas and zest for training. And more importantly, to explain why we use these workouts, when we implement different variations, and how to use these in training for different distances. I've mentioned on the program before that I highly value understanding why we are doing, what we are doing, when we are doing it. So my hope here is we can provide deeper context for that why, what, and when. I've gathered thoughts from some great minds, including our guy and longtime co-host Benji, as well as some of our athletes, co-workers, and fellow coaches. So this should be fun and really valuable for understanding the connections and progression and how we prescribe training. If you're looking for a coach or training group, please email us. It's secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And if you're already working with us, the next few episodes will help reinforce why we are doing what we are doing when we are doing it and maybe include some tips or new wrinkles you can reflect on during your workouts. Now, this series comes with a critical caveat. Remember, quality sessions are a small portion of our training. The easy days, the necessary sleep, the injury prevention, that's the stuff that makes up the bulk of our time as runners. But we know the workouts are often what bring enthusiasm to your week. So stay mindful that the consistent accumulation of all of the elements of training over time are what equals improvement. So let's get started with workout we love number one, progression runs. In its simplest form, a progression run is just that, a run that progresses or speeds up over the course of the run. I have some examples we'll break down, but first, let's dive into that why. So, with progression running, first we check an important physiological box of aerobic development and the corresponding adaptations in red blood cell and capillary development. And sticking with the exercise science, progression runs can be a valuable substitute for your threshold or tempo type effort. Most of us use these runs in our training, and I typically assign them in the 15K to half marathon pace range. But the most common error we experience is opening these workouts too hard. Say that your assigned pace is six minutes, and you have a workout where you're to hold this for 20 minutes. The 20-minute tempo is a really common classic workout we see in a lot of training plans. But you're excited, you get out a little hard, maybe 5.30 through the first mile, and we see blood lactate levels spike, we can't finish the session at the desired pace, and we don't reach the desired physiological adaptation. Progressing into a tempo-type run helps us avoid the opening air in the first few minutes of the workout. Now, we've gone into tempo running here before, but again, let me reiterate, 
15K to half marathon pace range is, is what we use as a threshold number. Uh, sometimes that term is used interchangeably with tempo running, but tempo running may also be a reference to marathon pace. Synonymous terms for this type of running may be comfortably hard. You may see heart rate used as a tool for measuring these or percentage of VO2 max. I'm not one much for heart rate because of its variability from day to day based on all the other things going on in your life. But somewhere in that 90-ish maybe percent range of VO2 max, uh, we've referenced the Derek Stanley VO2 max chart uh, online that's really good if you want specific paces to connect this with. I'll link that again in the show notes. The uh, Tom Tenman Schwartz running calculator at runfastcoach.com can also be useful here. So we'll link that one again for you as well. Uh, but progression running may take the place uh, or go along with tempo running, and so that's why we give a little review there. So those benefits coincide with two more great benefits of progression running. One is we allow for a proper warm-up. You'll flow naturally from slower to faster paces. Moreover, another benefit, we keep the risk of injury or overtraining relatively low due to the controlled effort. But for me, the real bonanza of gains comes in three tangible areas we have all experienced during racing. One, mental strength. What feels better during a race than closing hard and passing your competitors? Now you are practicing that race skill of getting faster and tougher throughout your effort. Two, appropriate association of effort. Much like with tempo runs, the easy mistake in a progression is starting out too fast. It's like being at a buffet and our eyes are bigger than our stomachs. You might have to learn this lesson the hard way. I know some of my athletes have. I know I have in both the run and at the buffet. But if you stick to the goals here, it's a little easier to work into than the threshold type run. And when you start figuring it out, you'll get a better understanding of the effort associated with certain paces. So this method of running by feel translates well to knowing when you are at your edge on race day and when you can push harder. Number three, resistance to fatigue. Closing hard isn't just a mental skill. It's a physiological one as well. Longer races like marathons are a battle against fatigue. The more we train our bodies to push back that fatigue horizon, the more successful we can be in accomplishing our goals. So let's get into some workout examples. A great starting point is the classic continuous run that progresses from a very easy pace through multiple pace ranges with cutdowns each mile or perhaps lap if you're doing this on a course. We prescribe these for everything from mile through marathon training. Here's two of my favorites. I have a regular loop I use that is just over two miles with gentle rolling hills. 
During 5K training, I've done an easy loop to warm up, a second steady loop where I work toward threshold effort, then a final lap where I gradually squeeze down to 10K, then maybe 8K effort. Good challenge, but not too demanding. Another great session is 8 to 10 continuous miles for marathon or half marathon training. Early in the training cycle, we might start at an easy jog and work down to goal marathon pace by the final one or two miles. Make each mile faster than the previous one. You can set a number for how much faster each mile should be, but I prefer creating a range. Saying I'll speed up by 10 to 20 or 15 to 30 seconds per mile allows for some individual freedom and reaction to your perception of effort within the workout. So then I think you're less likely maybe to get down on yourself as you're not hitting the exact number. Adjust it to the flow of how you feel as the miles progress and ultimately get a more successful workout. As your target race nears, we can employ a variation of the same session. Now I might warm up easily for the first couple miles, then progress from 20 or 30 seconds slower than marathon pace down to half marathon or even 10K pace. Sometimes when beginning these sessions, the closing pace may seem daunting. However, we frequently find athletes hitting the mark. It just takes patience within the effort and a focus on the moment you are in. What a great skill to work on, especially for racing. If you get caught up in marathon day, I'm at 13, I have 13 to go, rather than the mile that you're in, it can really overwhelm you. The same thing can happen in a race as short as a 5K. If you're in mile two and feel like you're redlining, just taking off of the gas for a few seconds, maybe a 10 count, and regrouping and then attacking again is a much wiser course than thinking to myself, oh no, I have to run this for another mile and a half? I can't do it. So great to work on being in the moment that you are in. Progression runs are also a great tool to add to your long run arsenal. Progression long running helps familiarize your mind and body with the feeling of running hard at the end of a long race. The last third or fourth of the run is a great space for a fast finish. So perhaps it's the last three miles of your 12 miler or the last four miles of your 18 miler that you could gradually work down to marathon or half marathon effort. For the upstate locals, my favorite venue for a progression long run is the loop around Lake Summit in Tuxedo, North Carolina. We've mentioned this site before several times. You get a ton of soft surface and hills on a loop that's about nine miles. Plus, in the summer, escaping to the mountains provides a really nice respite from the Greenville heat and humidity. We often take groups up there to run the loop twice. Running the second loop clockwise leaves you with about four flat miles along the lake to close. That's a perfect time 
for a progression finish. Remember, in a lo remote location, hills, trees around, GPS might not be accurate. Throw it out the window, just check it at the end and see what the pace averaged to on that harder segment, and worry more about the appropriate feel as you go. Benji likes to get in a progression long run where he does 10 miles easy, then starts to wind down for as long as he is able. Uh, former marathon world record holder Paul Turgot even used a variation that we might call a super fast finish. He frequently pressed the gas down to even 5K effort for his final three to six minutes. Now, a key point here. Complete the bulk of these miles at a comfortable or steady pace so you are able to attack the closing miles. Hopefully, like we talked about with resistance to fatigue earlier, they do enough to get you a little tired before you get really aggressive, but we want to be fresh enough that we don't go off a cliff when it's time to progress. An effective substitute for the progressive long run is the 2020-20 progression favored by the team at High Performance West. After a brief warm-up, you flow through 20 minutes steady, 20 minutes at marathon pace, and 20 minutes at half marathon pace. Or if you're feeling really fit and you want a bigger challenge, you could bump those up. Maybe you're finishing even a little faster, 15K pace. Maybe you get to half marathon pace a little bit earlier. But that hour of 2020-20 creates a great stimulus. All right, let's consider some broken progression options. Progression runs don't always have to be continuous. Like with traditional interval workouts, chunking the efforts allows us to accomplish more total work at a higher quality. I love fartlek sessions that we can complete on any terrain or surface. In the truest sense, fartlek speed play is organic and free-flowing. Random pickups and surges, which certainly have their place in training. For the sake of our progression run discussion though, I'll stick more with structured forms of fartlek. So hands down, my favorite approach here is what I call the 8 to 1 cut down. You'll see it in different forms, really popular, but the basic formula stays fairly similar. You're running reps of 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, and 1 minutes with an easy recovery jog in between. On the jog, I like two minutes, but you can tinker with that. Here's the key piece. As the length of each segment shortens, the pace you're running simultaneously increases. For a marathoner, we usually begin around marathon effort, move to a half era, um, half marathon effort by the middle cycles, and then close down to 10K or even 5K effort when we are at three, two, or one minute. Starting at eight minutes may be a bit much for your current fitness. If so, great, you can still use the workout. 
just eliminate the longest segments. Have fun and be creative if you're designing one of these workouts. That's part of the beauty of fartlek running. I love designing these for our athletes. Because we can do things the athlete hasn't done before, keep things fresh, not get monotonous. We love routine and we love to improve a skill and working on a skill multiple times helps with that improvement. But doing the same exact workout over and over again can mentally be draining. If you're designing something here, our guidance is simple. Make the total volume of running appropriate for the stimulus. For example, if you're running around 15K to half marathon pace, what we qualify as that comfortably hard running, then 20 to 40 minutes of total work fits depending on your level of experience. This coincides with what uh, Dr. Steven Seiler, one of our favorite exercise physiologists, has found in his studies of the training of elite athletes. He sees great value in being in these zones, 10K pace, 15K pace, whatever the, the number is that he is monitoring and looking also just back anecdotally in logs, And he sees a lot of this work being done for a total of maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes at the maximum with really great return. So our advanced athletes progress to workouts of, say, 15, 10, 10, and 5 minutes, or 20, 12, and 5 minutes, starting at the slow end of the pace range and closing perhaps as fast as 10K pace. The essential next step is managing your recoveries. In the examples I just mentioned, we abide by a golden rule of approximately one minute rest for every five minutes of 15K effort. So after a 10 minute segment, we would follow with two minutes of active recovery. This brings me to an all-time favorite workout, the 3-2-1 progression. I've assigned this for runners competing at every distance from 3K to marathon and on every surface, cross-country, road, and track. The workout entails three miles of effort, two miles faster, and one mile faster still again. My favorite construction begins at half marathon effort for three miles, works down to a mile at 8K effort, and includes half mile easy recovery segments. A note here, you've heard me go back and forth between discussing running at efforts and paces, a topic we've been over a few times here on the podcast. Just understand what is being prescribed when you see a workout. Sometimes effort is particularly appropriate if, let's say, the weather is not conducive to running your typical pace. So just be aware that there's times for effort and times for really trying to strike that race pace. Back to the 3-2-1. Run it on the track or trail. Doesn't matter. In the heart of marathon training, I've even added a four-mile segment at marathon effort to begin transforming this into a higher-volume 
and more challenging 4-3-2-1 progression. Uh, Benji loves the 3-2-1 as well. When we had the discussion about our favorite progression runs, this was the first one he mentioned. However, he uses some different paces, and he likes to keep the recoveries to two minutes. This is a really important point. Rest, pace, and volume are your variables within a workout. Maybe rest is the variable you change over time to yield improvement rather than continually increasing paces every time you attempt one of these workouts. I'll finish up Workouts We Love Part 1 with a note on progressions in your daily running. This can be a very wise and natural way to recover after a hard workout. If your typical easy day pace is around 8 minutes per mile, that doesn't mean you need to or should run that pace for the entire run. Starting at 8.30 or 9 or even higher per mile, if it feels right, then gently progressing by feel may produce better recovery and leave you feeling better for your upcoming runs. That's just one more reason why we love progression runs. So, hopefully, this was a good overview of progression runs for you. Send us your progression run questions at secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. We're going to keep these short and sweet and do a couple more in the series, so we'll pick up next time in mile 64 with the often overlooked but incredibly potent world of alternation workouts. We hope you and your family have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. We are so thankful for you listening to our show, sharing in our beautiful community of runners, and encouraging your fellow athletes to be the best versions of themselves. We'll see you next time on Seconds Flat.